Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, New York City. We're doing well out here. We're keeping busy, and we're talking boxing. If you like the show here, Inside Boxing Live, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page at Copybox TV. Subscribe also on Apple Podcasts at Inside Boxing Live. You can catch us on Pluto TV as well, the Fight Channel, uh, streaming all week long. It's the free Pluto TV app. And we're going to do a little bit different this time. We're going to switch it up for this show. We're going to have uh, we're still going to have some topics, but we're going to have a little more of an open format. And joining me, as usual, you know him as Current Body. You know him as the S, the Experts Podcast. You know him as the Matchmaker, Cecilia Breakhouse <laughs> versus Clarissa Shields. This dude is doing everything right now, and he joins us now from New Jersey, correct? I'm in New Jersey, Dan. I tried to get out of the city a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I just figured, you know, saw the writing on the walls. Luckily, been able to come to New Jersey, have a little bit more space here, spend time with the family, try to hunker down, stay safe like we all are. I know that you stayed in the city, though, right? You stayed in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, I figured I wanted maybe thought about going out to Long Island where I grew up, my parents are, but it's just yeah. like it was too risky. But there's a new rule now. If you uh, those who left New York City, they're not allowed to come back. Oh well, there you go. So we're down for we went from ten million. Now we're down to about like I would. I mean, the streets are empty. I went for a walk uh, two days ago, and I uh, I over the bridge to Greenpoint into Queens. It's right yeah. over the Queens Midtown Tunnel. Not a car going through at four o'clock rush hour. That's completely crazy. Empty. I'm guessing you've never seen it like that, right? No, it's completely empty. It's a ghost wow. town in Manhattan. But yeah. That's what it is. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. Hope everyone is practicing all the protocols. You're not going to yes. hear me preach to you. Um, by now, I think we've got it all down. And we every day that we wake up, we're one day closer to boxing. We're also one day closer to UFC 249 because Dana White <laughs> says global pandemic. I don't care. I have islands. I have you know private jets. You know I have uh, Indian reservations, Native American reservations where I'm going to put on 249. And... Obviously, we're waiting to see who was going to do this first. Dana White's the first, first, uh, I would say, commissioner or what's, what have you, or the major sports to do this. He's going to be putting on UFC 249 April uh, 19th, I believe, or April 18th. It was the card April that was supposed 18th, to take place. Yeah. April 18th in Brooklyn. And, you know, first thing I thought was, was what does this mean for boxing? And I don't think much. Uh, talking to some promoters, talking to some people in the game, totally different setup, the UFC and boxing. It's it's one regulated uh business they have huge backers with wme uh they have a, a brazen and bold commissioner and and dana white who also happens to uh have the ear of the president so i have no doubt that that president trump you know told him to go for it and do it but it's very controversial current and um it leads me to believe that i don't know exactly but you look at some of the things boxing you know aram and, and andy hearn have spoken out against it what do you think it means for for boxing getting back on to tv yeah, no, it's it's interesting because as you said, UFC is the overarching body, right? And obviously there's other MMA leagues, but UFC is on top. They can make the rules versus boxing. Unfortunately, as we know, it's so fragmented. There's promoters and networks and commissions. And 
to bring all those people together uh, to make an event is already difficult as is, right? That's the frustration of for all of us. And then it's obviously going to be harder in terms of uh, the situation right now because of the regulations in place. Now, with, with that said, I mean, I guess the question is, should UFC be doing this event? Um, I think oh. Dana White said they're trying to do it in the Tachi Palace. Casino, or no, sorry. He hasn't confirmed or denied where it is, but that was the report. Um, sure. Should they be doing it? I mean, I spoke to Dan Rayfield yesterday, and he had mixed feelings about it. I also have mixed feelings because on one hand, as sports fans, we want entertainment. We'd love to see fights back. On the other hand, is it safe if a fighter goes to the hospital um, what if that fighter took the bed of someone who maybe has coronavirus? I mean, how do you manage all of that? So uh, I have mixed feelings about it as well. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's wrong. I flat out think that they're wrong. I also am happy that it's not boxing that's doing this. I was surefire thought that some promoter out there uh, would do this. This is boxing you're talking about. Come on. This is uh, even had guys like Eddie Hearn come out and criticize Dana White, who is, he's been very complimentary of Dana White. He thinks, you know, he says, I, you know, kind of consider myself with the same mentality. You know, I'll, I'll always take risks, but not now. It's, it's in poor taste, uh, said Eddie Hearn. But I'm just happy it's not boxing that's doing it. Yes, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I don't know if I'll order it, but I'm going to like watch from a distance to see how it all plays out because it's, they're the first people to do it. They're the first ones back. I, I figured it was going to be a combat sport. Um, just was hoping it wasn't boxing, but you're right. There's a lot of things that go wrong. And you take a look at the uh, ringside physicians, the association of ringside physicians issued a statement. They said any combat sport taking place during this global pandemic places, the athletes, officials, and anyone else involved under unnecessary risk of infection and transmission of COVID-19. In addition, combat sports athletes often require medical attention after a bout, and we do not wish to see any additional strain on an already overwhelmed medical system to the point that you just brought up current about potentially taking a bed or, you know, sometimes fighters go to the hospital after fights for precautionary reasons. They go to uh, whether they have to get stitched up or they have a, a really bad concussion, or if you have a giant hematoma on your head, you have to go to the hospital, but you're right. Uh, you know, now according to Dana White, or according to this report, he's going to have to hire his own judges he has to hire his own referees. He has to hire right. double the doctors. And these are doctors that are going to go against the Association of, of Ringside Physicians. So I know I hate to use the word scab, but like, what are the, like, who are these doctors? And he has to like use double the amount of doctors. There's so many things, so many obstacles that he has to jump over for what though? Why not just do it in May? Why, have to, why do you have to do it in April? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I guess the counterpoint could be someone had to be first eventually, right, to get sports back. And I think there was an article that said MLB is going to try for May. Now, what's interesting about if you read that article about MLB, what they're trying to do, they're going to make some big changes to the game. They're going to have an electronic strike zone so that the umpire can be further away. There's no mound visits uh, from the catcher or pitcher. Uh, you know, they can't they can't uh, come to the mound from the, you know, the coach or anything. So I mean, I'm curious to see uh, this UFC fight. I mean, what's going to be different? Obviously, there's going to be no fans. We know that. But how is it going to be? I mean, you can't have a referee in UFC be further away from the fighters than he needs to be because that's a matter of safety, right? A fight needs to be stopped. You can't be watching that from, you know, outside of the cage or anything. Um, so it will be interesting. And and I think we're all kind of having that mixed feeling because in a way, we so badly want to see these these big UFC fights, boxing fights, things like that. In another way, we're like, are we sure that this is the right thing to do? I mean, it's it just we really don't know right now. Yeah. Yeah. But the baseball plan is just absurd. 
they want to have no no dugouts. They're going to have the players sit six feet away from each other in the stands. Like it, it, it radically changes the sport. I mean, seven, they're talking about seven inning games to make not only not only that, you know, 120 degrees in Arizona in the middle of the summer, and you have these guys playing. Not also not not to mention they're going to be away from their families for for five months. That's a whole other story for another day. But you're right. We have to see how it's going to get back. Uh, but I'm just interested in how this affects boxing because we all want to get back to, to watching boxing safely. And you all, obviously, I have a, a, a vested interest in you know, working for CompuBox. I want to get back ringside or however we're going to you know, do our job moving forward. You know, in one in one regard, I you know want to see how it plays out. Very happy it's not boxing, but take a look at the headlines. And I pulled, I tweeted one of them. You know, you have Bob Barham saying that we need to change ticket prices after the global pandemic. Right. You have Eddie Hearn saying that um, it's just in poor taste. Then you go over to the MMA side of things, and it's like Dana White is looking for for jets. He's looking for islands. Uh, yeah, it's just completely different. Like you would think it would be boxing that would be doing that. You you would. I mean, right? It would be right on brand for boxing to do something controversial or different. Um, I guess, like we said, the biggest thing is that there is no overarching box, uh, no over, overarching party in boxing, right? You'd mentioned Eddie Hearn, Bob Arum. These are top players, but they don't control the entire sport or the majority of the top level of the sport the way that Dana White does. So obviously, that's that's a huge difference. I think it will be interesting to see too when boxing comes back what it'll be like. So in March 7th, I believe it was, we were at the Barclays Center for Kovnowski versus Hellenist. That was business as usual, right? That was a normal arena packed with 9,000 fans. Then a week later on Showtime, there was a fight that had no crowd. So that was different. So now it's going to be like when we go back to boxing, there's probably going to be no crowd. What's the production going to be like? A remote production crew. What is it going to be like with trainers, with commissions? How close can people get to each other? Um, it's a whole can of worms, but it seems like the key principles in boxing, right? The equivalents to Dana White, the people that you mentioned, are basically saying, let's see what happens first. Let's listen to the experts. Let's make sure that we have the, the go ahead from things like medical commissions, state, the local officials, people like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to do that. It, it's interesting. You said Dana White maybe has Trump's ear. And and I wonder what that conversation has been like. I'm sure he's talked to the president about it. Uh, what does the president think? We know the president originally wanted to open up uh, the economy and open up businesses by Easter. Well, he's getting a UFC fight soon after Easter, I guess. So I'm guessing he's probably happy about that, right? <laughs> that would be my guess. I mean, there's, I there's, it's not a coincidence that you know, they had this big meeting with uh, all the, the heads of all the sports. I mean, boxing wasn't even represented, which I thought was kind of funny. I mean, you know, who would? I put out a tweet. Who would represent boxing? You know, would it be Lou DiBella, who has criticized the president every chance he's get? Aram, who has criticized the, the president every every chance he gets? Maybe who, uh, Suleiman from the WBC. But it's no coincidence that they had this meeting uh, with all the heads of sports. And then the next day... You know, the UFC plans go ahead. The next day, you hear about this MLB plan. So I think the MLB plan is crazy, but it is almost like an example of how we are going to get back into the workforce, where whether it's making sure everyone's healthy, like having more of like a quarantine, like biosphere of type of, of scenario. And also it's the entertainment value. And then you're going to do it in May or June, not uh, in April. It would just be better if their experts could say, hey, now it's safe to go do this, right? We, I think we'd all feel better about that at that point. Well, that's, that's like the allure of Dana White. He wants to say, listen, I a global pandemic never stopped me. This never stopped this. This, you know, Nothing will stop the UFC. It also helps to have uh, 
the president in your mind. We're going to move on now. More topics coming up here inside Boxing Live. So, Curran, obviously we know boxing isn't coming back for the foreseeable future, but it got me to think about less speculation, more about who's going to benefit the most from this hiatus. Obviously, there are some older fighters that come to mind, Triple G. Uh, Deontay Wilder is now getting up there in age. He's 34 years old. But one name that I saw, he did an Instagram Live interview, and made me really think, was, wow, this guy is going to benefit the most from the extra time off. That's Errol Spence Jr., you know, talking with him, seeing him talk with with um, Ray Flores, our guy Ray Flores over on IG Live, he just looked better. His teeth, I know he had dental work and talking to the people that have had dental work, it takes like three to four months for them to settle in. I think when he did that interview with, with, with Brian Kenny, I think that was like, I just didn't think it was the right time for him to do it. Not only did Brian Kenny kind of ambush him with the questions, he just wasn't ready to talk. He wasn't ready to, to get in there. But seeing Errol Spence, you know, in that interview and just thinking about how he could really benefit from extra time off, less pressure on him to take a two-up fight or whatever he was planning to do this summer. Now he can focus on maybe November or December. He's talking about Danny Garcia. I think that would be awesome. I don't think he wants to do a two-up fight, but he is one fighter that I think will benefit the most from this hiatus. Yeah, it's interesting to see who will benefit. We've talked about older fighters, right? Maybe fighters that are quote unquote shop worn, uh, that have a lot of rounds under their belt, like a Triple G, a Sergey Kovalev, these type of guys. They're going to get some necessary rest on those older legs, and that's going to help them later this year, hopefully, if they can come back into the ring. Um, you talked about Deontay Wilder. I mean, he's 34 years old now. He just had the first defeat of his entire professional life. So mentally, that's going to be a good break for him to kind of recalibrate. So that's huge for him. Um, obviously, it is it is big for Errol Spence. He was on top of the world, on top of the sport, had the car crash. The more time and rest that you can have, the better. Right after, or I should say a few months after the car crash, we saw him on TV with Brian Kenny. Like you said, I personally thought Brian Kenny did a really great job on that interview because he asked the questions we wanted to ask. I think it's on Spence and his people to not put him up on that platform if he's not ready, which it didn't seem like necessarily he was in terms of the way he was speaking. Um, he was obviously healing from the accident. And there's been a bit of eagerness from Spence and his team, right? I, I spoke to his trainer, Derek James. They said they want Pacquiao or Garcia next. They don't want to tune up. And they wanted that fight originally for spring. Obviously, coronavirus has pushed everything back. So he's eager to prove that he is the same fighter or better than he used to be before the car accident. He said that it's lit a fire up under him. Now, yeah, he said he did. Yeah, no. And, and so I think that's a good thing. But I think overall, this will be a blessing in disguise for him. No, it is. He's actually said so. He said more things in this IG Live than he has said in the last couple of months. He talked about the car crash and how it made him change his his his, his ways, his those views on everything. It also said he also talked about how he was getting too comfortable. He said he's 190 pounds at one point. Uh, wow. The day before the Mikey Garcia weigh-in or the day of the Mikey Garcia weigh-in, he sat in a sauna for two hours with like the sauna bag on, didn't sweat for the first hour. We've seen this guy when he's not fighting. He gets, he blows up. He gets big. Says he wants to stay at 147. But a main thing I took away from this uh, IG Live was when they brought up Terrence Crawford, and he brought up a nice yeah. little nugget talking about uh, a FaceTime uh, conversation that they had early in the year. And he said that I respect Terrence Crawford because he's real. I don't, I don't like Keith Thurman. This is what Errol Spence. I think he's he, he's putting on an act. He's putting on a shtick. This is what Errol Spence is. You know, Sean Porter for likes to say stuff for the camera. But what you see is what you get from Terrence Crawford, and I think that's kind of how Errol Spence operates too. They're going to fight. I really do think they're going to fight, especially 
Uh, we saw this Fox and ESPN collaboration with Wilder and Fury. Not going to happen this year, but and I would not be shocked if we see next February, February 2021, we're back to regular life, and we get Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, huge fight um, on multiple platforms. Some quick flurries for you, Kurt. Some quick hitters. I uh, put my writing cap back on, and I did something that fans have been asking us at CompuBox to do forever, and that is break down all the Rocky fights. And I'm telling you, I had so much fun doing this, man. I It, it took me all week long last week, and, man, was it a blast. And I wrote down some of my favorite uh, takeaways uh, from this, the, I actually teamed up with the Athletic. Uh, shout out to Greg uh, Rosenstein. He uh, he made me. He used my, some of my quotes and he put together a great story. Then I did my own little blog uh, for CompuBox TV. You want to check it out? It's, it's uh, made the rounds on, on Twitter. But here are some of the the highlights here, Karen. Here from Rocky Late Creed on me, One. Yeah, Rocky Creed One. Creed outlanded Rocky twenty five to three uh, in the wow. first round. Rocky doesn't throw a punch for the first, like, two minutes of, of the round. But he, he throws one punch, and it, it floors Creed. There you and have it. Creed. Wow. Right. And this is Creed, who is considered the baddest man in the world. He's a heavyweight champion. Yeah. First punch that gets landed on him, he goes down from a journeyman. That sounds like a Deontay Walter right hand right there, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> rematch. This was even funnier. Creed. 26 straight punches to open the fight landing on, on, on Rocky. The like Rocky's wow. head was like a batter. It was like a, just like a battering ram. He was just taking punch after 26 straight shots. Yeah. Never seen that in all my years of, of carrying punches. All right, no, that sounds here? like uh, Keith Thurman in that one fight uh, against Lopez getting knocked around the ring or something, <laughs> right? I mean, how many punches straight exactly. was that? It's very rare that the that happens. And, and Dan, I wanted to ask you, I noticed that in the article, you talked about Rocky's last fight. He was 59 years old. In that fight, is that uh, right. what do you think? You know, we've talked a lot about fighter safety. What do you think about getting in the ring at age 59? <laughs> well, well, if according to the plot, according to the movie, his family didn't want to do it, the commission didn't want to do it, but Dana White would have been like, Yo, you should do it. You're 59, this is the 82nd fight of your career. Uh, you should do it. Rematch with, with, uh, with uh, no, the, what is it? the rematch with Clubber Lang. No, first Clubber Lang fight. This is one of my I love right here. Yeah, 71 punches thrown in the fight. Total zero jabs, <laughs> zero jabs. It reminded me of Hagler Hearns. First all round power shots, Hagler baby. Hearns. All power shots. Eighty-one punches thrown by Hagler in the first round against Tommy Hearns. All power <laughs> shots. What else do we have here? Uh, Rocky two. That's when Rocky decides. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let Clubber Lang just beat the piss out of me for two minutes. He threw ninety-two punches. Then I'm going to tire him out, knock him out. Oh, so he yeah, had his yeah. own version of the old uh, rope-a-dope, right? They had uh, Ali versus Foreman on ESPN2 last night. I guess that was his yeah. own version of that, right? Yeah, rope-a-dope. I'm going to eat 92 consecutive punches, and then I'm going to knock you out. Do they say, they say Mexican style is take three punches, throw one back. I guess this is Rocky style, take 92 and throw one back. Right, Italian-American <laughs> style. Italian-American style. Okay, I had fun doing that. Uh, it, I want to do more with it. I'm thinking about what I can do, but that was that was just great. Moving on here, some quick hits. This is for you, Karen. You yes, are sir. now a matchmaker. You can add this to your resume. Uh, former HBO producer, current podcast host, current producer of uh, PBC on Fox programming. Matchmaker, take us through here. What has been going on with Clarissa Shields and Cecilia Breakhouse? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily an intentional matchmaking. I had the opportunity to interview Cecilia Breakhouse on uh, Instagram Live. The topic of Clarissa Shields, of course, came up. 
And uh, Cecilia said that she can't respond to Shields because she's blocked on Twitter. And she said that her offers from the zone were higher than Showtime. Well, that made some headlines. Shields saw it. And I asked Clarissa Shields, I said, hey, can we get a response? We got the response from Shields. She said that Showtime offered them pay-per-view Showtime main event, which would be significantly more money than Brighthouse has made before. And she has now unblocked Cecilia Brighthouse. So they are talking. Clarissa Shields and Cecilia Brighthouse are going back and forth on Twitter. Hopefully that mega fight comes together. And if I had a 1% per, you know, uh, contribution to making that mega fight come together, I'll feel like I did my job. And that's a good thing for the sport of boxing, I would think. I like that. love that. Did she unblock because of these, this like conversation that you kind of made here? Clarissa Shields saw the interview I did with Cecilia Breikhaus, and she saw that Breikhaus mentioned she was blocked, and, and Clarissa decided to unblock her and wow. follow her. And now That's they're tweeting amazing. back and forth. So this is a time to love, not to hate. This is a good, it's this. A, always a good thing when fighters are talking. You talked about Spence Crawford earlier. They're talking. Uh, Ali Frazier, I think, negotiating the rematch. We're talking Pacquiao Mayweather. It's good when fighters are talking to each other. That's a huge fight. That's a that's a big fight in the women's division, and I think Shields is down to fight anyway. I think she's supposed to fight. Uh, uh, was she supposed to fight Layla Ali? That was that's another one. I, I asked her about that too, and I'm going to release that snippet uh, soon too. There's a lot of bad blood back and forth. Again, that's a it's a pricing issue. Layla Ali has been out of the ring for a while. She wants five million dollars to come back. That's going to be tough to <laughs> to make it happen. Yeah. But that would be another mega that. fight, and there's a lot of bad blood there too. So I'd love to see that one too. All right, uh, moving forward here. Shannon Briggs signs with BKB. <laughs> I love this. This is what BKB is all about. Oh, it's yeah. Not about, it's not about Paul and Malignaggi jabbing and moving and avoiding punches. <laughs> it's about a 48-year-old man coming off a thrilling win over George Foreman in 1997 and, and, and going in there and, and laying it down. I want to see this happen. I just, unfortunately, I think that one thing from this global pandemic is we're going to see guys like Shannon Briggs come out of the woodworks and guys that should not be fighting actually start to fight but that's I mean, one thing we're seeing here should shannon briggs be in bkb i would say is water wet i would say yes he's like, he should be <laughs> he should be the face of it he should be the face he's 48 years old he hasn't fought in four years but i looked at his box record recently he's on a 10 fight winning streak and and hear this dan you you're, you did the stats for rocky these are rocky numbers nine of those last 10 fights were by knockout eight of those wow. were by first round knockout in his last 10 fights let's go champ so he's on a tear man let's get him in there let's get him in bkb absolutely he actually crashed my ig live with regis program i thought it was awesome let's go champ and I, let's I go like, champ i was like is he in my is he in my apartment <laughs> all right lastly before we go this was a little weird uh, sure. i threw this on twitter as well Got asked to be on a, uh, a a dating a digital dating show called Love on Lockdown. Uh, they wanted to just throw me into <laughs> the ringer. They wanted to throw me out there. A lot of people chimed in. Lou DiBella said he would uh, said I would do it. I would said only if you could be in my ear giving me advice. <laughs> Evan Corn got on and said a top ranked PR guy said you need to go on that date and just copy box the hell out of it. Just this start is like everything. The Bachelor, but quarantine edition. Is that what's going on here? Yes, The Bachelor. It's called Love on Lockdown. I had to look up, look into it a little bit. You know, I mean, this yeah. could be good for my career. Ultimately, decided no because uh, no, no, you know, no, no disrespect to them. They're all everyone's out there grinding, making content. But I don't know, man. I don't see myself doing that. But quarantine, love on lockdown. I think like you a, should a do a let's go chance and get in there. I'm sure the dating apps are exploding, right? People are probably using these all the time, right? To the dating apps, it's, it's a wild time to be single uh, on during a pandemic. 
Uh, that's a story for another day. The dating you're seeing girls on these dating apps that are like models that would never normally be on it. It's a it's a but very you can't, interesting. You can't meet them, right? No, I would never do such a thing. It says <laughs> right on the apps. It says take this app like FaceTime or like here, like they're like really promoting that. Time to go. I'm gonna leave you on that note. On that that very interesting note there on how my dating life is going during a global pandemic. Thank you, Kerr Body, for joining us. We'll be back with more Inside Boxing Live coming your way. Dan Canobio signing off from Brooklyn, New York.